You're listening to The Dworkin Report, and I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. We've got a fantastic interview to present to you this Thanksgiving week. Earlier this month, I chatted with Julie Briskman. She's an unlikely but completely iconic member of the Resistance who seized the moment in Virginia's Blue Wave election earlier this month to help flip her county government blue. But it's not just a story about county government. The new Algonquian District Supervisor-elect in Loudoun County revealed the real impact of what I'll call the quote-unquote Trump effect on down-ballot races. Julie Briskman's inspiring story is one of overcoming retaliation. She faced blowback at work for expressing her political views on social media by sharing a national news photo of herself flipping the bird at Trump's motorcade, only to ultimately prevail two years later, this fall winning an election. It's a victory for her that I am personally thankful for, and you should be too. Because hardworking members of the resistance are the bedrock of a national movement to defend democracy across our country. People like Julie Briskman, Supervisor-elect Briskman, are so forceful and effective taking independent action and speaking out that earlier this month, Attorney General Bill Barr used his position as the top law enforcement officer to complain about the resistance. A special few members of the resistance, the self-selected, they, like Julie, ran for office, and won. But before we start, I'd like to ask you to check out the link to my new book series, Meet the Candidates 2020, authored by this podcast producer, Grant Stern. I'm the series editor, and each book starts with an essay that I've written about the top six Democratic candidates for president. The books are a great portrait of each candidate. Grant looks under every rock, search engine, and even into the Internet Archive to paint that portrait with lots of facts policy, and the history that you truly need to understand the top Democratic candidates for president in 2020. Check out meetthecandidates2020.com to see all of the books. All six are on shelves today in your local bookstores, Barnes & Noble, or on Amazon. And you can find our blog posts and more information on Twitter at MTC2020Series. That's at MTC2020Series. Julie's story of patriotic expression of political grievance and her eventual electoral victory to hold elective office in the very county where Donald Trump owns a Virginia golf club, where soon she will become the elected supervisor of the very district where she stood up for what's right by denouncing a demagogue. Hers is a story that inspires me, and I think it'll inspire you, too. Please take a listen to my interview with Julie Briskman. I'm here with Julie Briskman, who made national headlines by flipping off Donald Trump's motorcade from her bicycle as he went from his Virginia golf course back to the White House. This week, she just got elected to the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors in Northeast Virginia in the Algonquian District, replacing a Republican as the blue wave swept through the state's legislative elections earlier this week. Supervisor-elect Briskman, Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on the win this week. Are you excited about uh, being a supervisor now? Well, supervisor-elect? Yes, I am very excited, especially because we um, now have a majority on the board. So we're going to get a lot done. Well, before we talk about your smashing electoral success, I, I have to ask, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself personally and about your past experiences working at the State Department? 
Oh, sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm a single mom of two teenagers, and I've lived in Loudoun County for about 20 years. Um, but during that time, I did do uh, two stints overseas with my ex-husband, and we were posted in Kazakhstan and Latvia. So while I was there, I worked as a community liaison officer at both embassies. It was a it was a really great job. Uh, so how many years how many years did you work overseas? Uh, four. Oh, okay. Wow. So two two dif- two different tours, two years each. Interesting. So I, I'm mm-hmm. sure th- here's the question that you get asked all the time. So I'm sure it's annoying, or you know, you get asked <laughs> it a lot now. But what were you thinking on that fateful? bike ride when you noticed a presidential motorcade rolling through or did you even notice that it was him you know your neighborhood two years ago and you gave the president a one finger salute (laughs) um i was thinking uh oh right he's golfing again um and we had all these issues going on in our country that really should uh, be getting the attention of our president um, but also his complete attitude and agenda that doesn't match with, um, you know, the values of uh, America, his hateful rhetoric, um, his treatment of immigrants, uh, his, you know, dismantling of Obamacare, all those things were going through my mind. And um, I was uh, frustrated with with him at that point in time, <laughs> even more now, probably. Right. And so you knew that it was you didn't know on the route like it wasn't obviously none of it was planned, but like you when when he did go through, you knew it was him. It was like obvious because they had like probably the motorcycles come through, and then you see all these cars whizzing by. But like when mm. you when you knew it was him, did you know that you were being photographed at that point? Oh, I had no idea. I mean, I knew that he was golfing that day because I had seen it on the television um, earlier in the morning. I guess when he had arrived at the golf course. And at that point in time, it was still a little bit of a novelty, right? But now we know he comes here almost every weekend in the shoulder seasons, the spring and the fall, when he's not in New Jersey or Florida. Um, but no, absolutely not. I um, I didn't have an understanding that the White House press pool follows him the, the way that I do now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it was like a screenshot from a video or something like that. But it was it was just really interesting how how quickly it spread. And for those unfamiliar with your story, your employer at the time didn't like that you placed that kind of photo flipping off Trump on y- your social media account, and then they let you go. What made you decide to skip looking for another private sector job and instead run for elected office? After I was unjustly fired, um, I actually did look for another job. And I worked for almost a year as a chief marketing officer for a healthcare organization, because as a single mom, I definitely need health insurance and I have to pay the mortgage and those sorts of things. So, but then um, as I announced that I was going to run, um, the campaign took over and it's probably, we probably did a full-time campaigning for about the last eight months. Wow. Wow. And what was your favorite part about campaigning on the trail? Uh, my favorite part was probably knocking doors and talking to voters. Absolutely my favorite part. I'm an extrovert, so it, it fits well with my personality. <laughs> Did you have to talk about, I mean, I assume that you mostly talked about the issues and what's local to y- to y'all, not focused on Trump at all, I, I would assume, for the most part. Well, surprisingly, I mean, I, I never led with it, right? I mean, I led with folk, uh, the issues that folks are concerned about in my district, such as fully funding our schools you know, development in our county, which has grown really fast, um, a little bit, you know, gun issues and those sorts of things. But it, uh, the Trump effect was definitely in play um, as I was knocking on the doors. I mean, I, there were a number of times where I had Republicans say, I won't vote Republican again until, you know, the Trump administration is gone. 
Um, and I had a number of uh, Democrats who basically said, I, I don't even need to hear your platform. Um, I'll be voting for you because you're a Democrat and I can't vote Republican. Um, so it was definitely um, it was definitely in play at the local level, at the county level and also at the state level, I believe. Find out more about Meet the Candidates 2020, my new book series of voter guides authored by Dworkin Report producer Grant Stern. It's the only place you can read my opinion and a factual portrait of each major Democratic candidate in one place. Buy the book now at the link inside this episode's notes at grantstern.com or your local Barnes & Noble. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. So what are some of the plans that you have or uh, ideas that you have as you go into the Board of Supervisors now in regards to your constituents and your new spot on the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors? What are your major kind of plans at this point? So in Loudoun County, our schools have been um, inadequately inadequately funded for the last six out of the eight years. So um, that's one of our major goals when we sit in 2020 is to make sure we're going to be doing budget right away pretty quickly. Um, And so fully funding our schools is is a big issue. Um, Our teachers in Loudoun County suffer $184,000 pay gap um, if they stay in this county as opposed to neighboring counties. Uh, for their career. Um, and uh, there's a number of things that we want to fund in the schools. Secondly, our county has grown in the 20 years I've been here from 90,000 people to over 400,000 people, and it all happened without a plan. Um, we have now passed a comprehensive plan in our county, and our first uh, thing on our agenda related to that is a strategy for our unmet housing need. Um, we have teachers, firefighters, home health care uh, folks, bartenders, waiters, waitresses who can't afford to live in the county where they work. Um, for me personally, one of the things that I want to accomplish is an environmental uh, plan of sorts. Uh, we haven't looked at our energy plan in 10 years in our county. Also, we uh, are not signed on to the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Act, so I think that we should be doing that immediately. Um, my district and uh, most of the county is bordered by the Potomac River to the north. Um, and when a county of 400,000 people, I think that we can be making an impact um, on the environment. What was the, or stopping our impact on the environment? <laughs> right, right. No, and what was what was the moment? I always like to ask this question of people who run for office. That what was the thing? What was the moment where you were like, "I'm going to run"? What was the deciding factor in that? Oh, sure. Um, so, uh, Chair Phyllis Randall um, asked me to run fairly early in the game um, when she uh, learned about my story, and she learned about me personally and my activity in the community and the fact that I helped um, a friend of mine run for the seat actually in 2015. She asked me to run fairly early, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I knew I was going to become active, um, you know, one way or the other uh, um, after I was unjustly fired. So um, what I did immediately actually was sign up to work the polls in 2017. I got very involved in the local Democratic Party, um, and I helped Jennifer Wexton's campaign quite a bit, um, just knocking doors, just to see if it was something that, you know, I enjoyed doing and I wanted to learn what kind of um, commitment was involved. Uh, And I learned a ton, and um, Jennifer Wexton's been a fabulous mentor. And so it was probably, I think it was around August of 2018 um, when Phyllis Randall had a meeting with potential candidates, and she basically said, okay, are we going to do this? And I said, yes, we're going to do this. <laughs> right. Is there, is there, um, yeah. is there something where I, I guess that, that drives you to make change within the community and also speak out because, uh, your finger, it's the finger heard around the world, obviously. And, and so it's, it's pretty interesting that it all kind of meshes together with what you've done your entire life 
um, so but it, it's now in the public view, public eye. Um, is it is it hard being a, a I, I guess uh, getting asked all the time about being a single mom or asked questions about it? Um, I, it must be tough to do the, the job. I guess the job is going to be full time, right? Super uh, 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 being the board of supervisors, right? That's a full time gig, right? Actually, it's not in Loudoun County. Okay. Um, it is in Fairfax County, but in Loudoun County, it's not. Um, chair Randall made a commitment to do her job as chair full time when she won in 2015, and she'll continue to work full time. But the majority of the board actually, um, they have jobs outside of uh, serving on the board of supervisors. So you're going to be on the board yeah. of supervisors. You're going to have to work uh, full time, and you've got your kids um, and your superwoman. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, well, we we do get paid, um, so I'm hoping that I can you know either consult or work part time in conjunction with my uh, serving on the board because I do want to give it the attention that it deserves. Um, and you know, my kids are 16 and 14, so you know. I'm I'm in no way, you know, out of the woods where that, you know, never are as a parent probably, but um they are much more self-sufficient, you know, as high schoolers than than you know they would have been if they were middle school or elementary school at the time. Um but yeah, I'm going to have, you know, uh, I'm I'm the head of a household. I got to pay my mortgage and and you know, uh make sure my kids are on on track with school and everything else that they're doing, boy scouts, uh, you know, swim team, field hockey, all of that. Got to keep all those balls in the air for sure. Um, I, I don't get tired. I don't get tired of being asked about it. But as I said, I've always been an extrovert and, uh, you know, outspoken uh, in my community and, and out there in my community. Right. Like I, I've been, uh, you know, a volunteer in so many capacities. I'm a co-founder of a local running club. So um, I'm sort of used to being um, known uh, in, in, in the community already. You also bike. Um, you know how to ride a bike. I do. I know, I know that for sure. Um, so can you tell our, our listeners about your experience of criticizing the president, facing retaliation and, and fighting back? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, being a woman, I think I faced a, a certain type of retaliation um, that uh, maybe other critics of the president don't receive. Um, I've, I've been threatened, um, uh, via phone, mail, uh, personally. I was actually flipped off yesterday on the streets in my community. <laughs> uh, so, um, but you know, I think that the women of our country, our community, our county, our state are, um, becoming much more active and outspoken. And, uh, we're not going to succumb to, uh, tone policing or, um, threats. Um, or insults um, about our physique or how we um, decide to speak out and become active. Um, and I'm, I'm really, you know, glad to just be a small part of that um, revolution that's happening in, in our country. I mean, the grassroots organizations that have helped in Virginia and helped with my campaign are amazing. And the more, majority of them are led by women. Um, you know, we've got Network Nova, the Women's Summit here in Northern Virginia. They have been fantastic. Um, Moms Demand Action, they have been fantastic. Uh, so many groups have helped with what has happened in Virginia. Um, you know, I'm just one that, you know, the one that went out there and got, you know, decided to run. But we, none of us could have done it without the support of these grassroots um, organizations. And most of them have been led by women. Would you give any advice to somebody who's thinking about running for office? What, what, what advice would you give them? I would uh, tell them to start attending the meetings uh, for the positions that they think they are interested in running for. But I would also say that you don't have to run for office to make a difference. If it's not something that you think that, it, you know, fits with your personality or your passion or 
you know, your family life at the time. There are so many other ways to get or to, to get involved. Um, join, you know, you know, your local Democratic Party or Moms Demand Action um, or something like that. Or there's a number, there's always a number of committees or commissions that you can be asked to be appointed to um, in your community where you can start helping out. So, um, you know, I would just say get involved in any way that you can because um, there, there's a lot of work to be done. And it has become very, very clear uh, after this election of 2016 how much more work re- we really need to do. Um, but I'm very, very proud of, um, you know, my district for backing me up on my values, which aren't the Trump that <laughs> Trump agenda values. And as did my county and my entire state, we have rebuked the Trump agenda. And um, I hope that we continue to do so. Well, last question. What, what is your feeling about Trump in general? <laughs> um, I think I made my my feelings and opinion of, of that uh, administration very, very clear in 2017. And I've pretty much feel the same way now. But I consider, you know, me winning this seat the the best way to to make an impact and the best way to say, you know, to bring my values and the values of the Democratic Party uh, to the fore and taking, you know, the majority on the board is the best way to to fight this agenda. Supervisor elect, where can people follow you on Twitter? Mm -hmm. At Julie Briskman. J-U-L-I. J-U-L-I Briskman. (laughs) J-U-L-I. No E. No E. No E. Well, right. congratulations on your win. I think you got a bright future here in, in politics, and uh, I think it's going to you're going to be around for a while here. Uh, and so I appreciate your time, but I also appreciate uh, everything you've done. I, I know that it wasn't planned; it wasn't something, but but it was it was definitely nef- necessary for the time, and it was very helpful because that sort of thing really does reinvigorate people that they're not alone and that mm-hmm. they feel the same kind of opinion, and so. It meant a lot to a lot of people. And, and as silly as some may take it as, I, I took it very seriously. And I know that you did too. Um, thank you for standing up for, for people. And thank you for standing up to make a difference. I appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just so glad I had the opportunity to lean in. And I really appreciate uh, your time as well. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Julie Briskman for taking the time. Congratulations again on your win, Julie. I want to thank Grant Stern, my producer. You can follow him at Grant Stern on Twitter. You can go to our website at twerkingreport.com. You can go to our books website at meetthecandidates2020.com. And I just wanted to say everybody talks about what they're thankful for around Thanksgiving. Well, let me tell you, I'm thankful for you. Thank you uh, for all the support that you've given me and everything you've done for the country. And I appreciate you listening. I really do. And I hope you have a a fun and safe holiday here. And enjoy. Onward!